This is the 144th QuackCast, a review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicines, i.e. scams. References for this podcast are available at Science-Based Medicine. And you should know that it's a beautiful summer morning here in the Great Pacific Northwest, and I'm recording this outside. So you may hear the occasional extraneous sound, the car going by, the birds chirping, and of course, barking dogs, as my neighbors love to have their dogs bark all hours of the day. And while I'm mentioning it, the Society for Science-Based Medicine has a tax-exempt status. So wander on over to sfsbm.org and see what we're trying to build in the world of science-based medicine. This episode is called Astrology, Alchemy, ESP, and Reiki. One of these is not like the other. I actually always wanted to pronounce it Reiki, but it's Reiki. I knew that Jan was thinking of writing about Reiki and fraud, but did not know the details of her most excellent discussion from yesterday until I had finished the penultimate draft of this podcast. So you can think of them as a match set. Two perspectives on the same elephant. So if you are interested in knowing whether or not offering Reiki is fraudulent, wander on over to sciencebasedmedicine.org and read Jan Bellamy's most excellent essay on the topic. So what is fraud? It's a person or thing intended to deceive others typically by unjustifiably claiming or being credited with accomplishments or qualities. There are numerous activities that one human will offer another in exchange for money, and these activities are completely divorced from reality. Take astrology. Total bunkum. Quote, there is no force, known or unknown, that could possibly affect us here on Earth the way astrologers claim. Known forces weaken too fast, letting one source utterly dominate, the moon for gravity, the sun for electromagnetism. An unknown force would allow asteroids or extrasolar planets to totally overwhelm the nearby planets. Study after study has shown that claims and predictions made by astrologers have no merit. They are indistinguishable from chance, which means astrologers cannot claim to have some ability to predict your life's path. End of quote. Although 48% of Americans think astrology is a science, as best I can tell, astrology is not part of the curriculum at any astronomy division or program. Astronomers know that astrology is bunkum and avoid it. How about alchemy? Total bunkum. Outside a nuclear reactor, you cannot turn base metals into gold. And, as best I can tell, Alchemy is not part of the curriculum at any chemistry or physics division or program. Physicists and chemists know that it is bunkum and avoid it. Parapsychology. Total bunkum. There is no ESP, no ability to read minds. You cannot talk to the dead or move objects with thought. While as many as 75% of Americans believe in one form or another of parapsychology, as best I can tell, Parapsychology is not part of the curriculum at any psychology division or program. Psychologists know that parapsychology is bunkum, and they avoid it. 
offering astrology or alchemy or talking to the dead seems to me to not quite meet the dictionary definition for fraud, since I assume for most practitioners of the above there is no intent to defraud. But they do anyway, just not intentionally. The legal definition of fraud? Those are waters I will not swim in. Why there are palm readers and astrologers and psychics who perform their services for money when there is no basis for them in reality is beyond me. Like the lottery, those practices are for, I don't know, entertainment value? The law has limited resources and has to pick and choose? I don't know. But what about pseudomedicines? Isn't that fraud? Jan Bellamy has a nice discussion as to the issues of fraud and science-based medicine. It is a complex issue under the law. Whether pseudo-medical providers taking money from the sick and desperate for therapies that have no basis in reality is legal fraud, I will leave to lawyers. In my moral ethical calculus, offering pseudo-medicines, such offerings may not be legal fraud, but they are no different from astrology or talking to the dead. I don't see NASA joining up with the American Federation of Astrologers. So astronomers avoid astrology. Psychologists avoid parapsychology. Chemists avoid alchemists. How does the medical field respond to magic? Well, they form integrative and alternative medicine programs. One would think that leading medical institutions, major hospitals and universities would know better. What hospital wants to offer imaginary therapies to their patients? Quite a few, evidently. Take, for example, Reiki, an energy therapy that is nonsense and has no effect on any disease in well-done studies. It is, like homeopathy, 100% pure bunkum. Here's a quick summary of Reiki for those who have not listened to my podcast. First, it was just made up. So many scams have their origin story that is on par with gamma ray exposures or being hit by lightning when bathed in chemicals. In this case, Reiki was created, not unlike the works of Stan Lee, by Mikhail Usui as part of a midlife crisis. Two, its precepts are, quote, there is a universal and inexhaustible spiritual energy that can be used for healing purposes. Through an attunement process carried out by a Reiki master, any person can gain access to this energy. This energy will flow through the Reiki master's hands when he or she places his hands near the patient. As this energy has human-like intelligence, there is no need for diagnosis. The energy will automatically judge the disease and heal the patient. End of quote. I like the fact that they credit this universal energy with human-like intelligence, and as such, there is no need to diagnose the patient. It will be done automatically by this intelligence, given how frequently human intelligence misdiagnoses disease. It makes me wonder if you could trust the universal energy of Reiki. This energy is, like all energy in scams, has nothing to do with the concept of energy as understood by the reality-based sciences like physics. Unmeasured and unmeasurable, this energy is not kinetic, 
potential, mechanical, mechanical wave, chemical, electric, magnetic, radiant, nuclear, nuclear, ah, i got to pronounce that right, don't I? Ionization, elastic, gravitational, intrinsic, thermal, heat, or mechanical work. And I suppose dark, whatever dark energy might be. This energy can only be detected by the Reiki master or other energy practitioners, unless, of course, they are being tested by a fourth grader. It is odd. We can detect the Voyager spacecraft transmitting with the power of a refrigerator light bulb from 10 billion miles away, but cannot find a way to measure a human energy field. Go on the interwebs and watch the videos. The Reiki practitioners sometimes touch the patient, and sometimes they wave their hands over the patient. At least when the patient lays down, relaxes, and is touched by a practitioner, you get a bit of social grooming. It's what makes monkeys relax. It makes humans relax as well. It is probably why people feel good with a Reiki treatment. But hand-waving the energy away? Really? They are serious? And taking money from people to do it? And what is kind of creepy, and I have to admit I did not look at every video on the YouTubes, but every person being reekied is female. Someone should do a survey of scam videos on the YouTubes. I bet 95% of those being scammed upon are thin, young, attractive females. And most of those performing said scams are older, somewhat creepy males. Or maybe that's just a bit of confirmation bias on my part. Lastly, there are zero quality studies that demonstrate Reiki is effective beyond that of beer goggles, i.e. it is no different than placebo. To summarize, Reiki is an invented fiction with no basis in physical reality that has no proven efficacy beyond placebo effects. And if you listen to this quackcast regularly, you are probably well aware of my opinion of the placebo effect. It does not exist. If I were to want a drug on formulary with the characteristics of Reiki, I would be laughed out of the P&T committee. But I guess intellectual rigor is not always a prized characteristic. So here is a sobering statistic. More than 60 U.S. hospitals have adopted Reiki as part of patient services, according to a UCLA study. And Reiki education is offered at 500 hospitals. That includes, with their description of Reiki, Sloan Kettering, along with reflexology and restorative facial acupuncture, Yale New Haven, which calls it, quote, healing energy lulls you into a deeply relaxed state. In this deep relaxation that increases energy as your body rests and becomes revitalized during the session, end of quote. The Dana-Farber Harvard Cancer Institute, quote, Based on the belief of an unseen life force energy flows through us and helps keep us alive. Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction that is safe, natural, and easy to learn. You simply lay down on a table, fully clothed, while a licensed Reiki master, teacher, places his hands or her hands on various parts of your body. In addition to making you feel more relaxed, safe, and secure, a proficient instructor can facilitate energy flow to the areas where you need it most, often creating a warm feeling in those locations. 
Reiki treatments offered to all at the University Health Services. Through Healing Touch, your energy level is balanced and immune system enhanced. End of quote. The Brigham and Women's Hospital. At least it's a volunteer program. They offer magic for free. Columbia University. Reiki is an ancient, gentle, hands-on healing technique that originated in Japan, in which a Reiki practitioner allows energy to pass through him-her to another person for the recipient's higher good. This energy flow can realign, recharge, and rebalance an individual's energy field, which creates the conditions needed for an integrated functioning of the body's healing ability. John Hopkins Hospital Reiki is a very specific form of energy healing in which hands are placed just off the body or lightly touching the body as in laying on of hands. Reiki can also be done long distance as a form of prayer. In a Reiki session, the practitioner is seeking to transmit universal life energy to the client. The University of Maryland Reiki is a powerful yet subtle healing practice used to support for wellness on a body, mind, and spiritual level. It is offered through non-invasive light touch to a clothed client on a massage table. Reiki energy work helps to restore balance, increase energy flow, improve sleep, and relieve pain. One of the greatest benefits of Reiki is stress reduction and relaxation, which triggers the body's natural healing abilities. Exclamation point. The University of Maryland Medical Center. Therapeutic touch is a kind of healing that uses a practice called laying on of hands to correct or balance energy fields. Despite the use of the word touch, the hands usually hover over the body and don't physically touch it. The Cleveland Clinic. Reiki is a form of hands-on natural healing that uses universal life force energy. The term comes from the Japanese words ri, which translate into universal, and ki, which means vital life force energy that flows through all living things. This gentle energy is limitless in abundance and is believed to be a spiritual form of energy. It is not tied to any specific religion or nationality. The Reiki practitioner is a conduit between you and the source of universal life energy. The energy flows through the practitioner's energy field and through his or hands to you. The energy does not come from the practitioner. It comes through the practitioner from the universal source. I only mention some of the institutions that are involved with medical education or are considered one of the best U.S. medical institutions that offer Reiki. Many more community hospitals are offering Reiki and lists can be found on the net. If you Google Reiki and hospitals, you can find various lists of hospitals that offer this and other forms of magic to the ill. And proudly, I might add. It seems that this particular form of pseudo-medicine has a real East Coast popularity. And here I thought it was the West Coast that was the center for all things flaky. One would think if a fundamental thesis of a human energy field could be disproven by a fourth grader, Harvard or Columbia could figure out that Reiki was bunkum. I guess not. Usually when patients receive ministrations from those representing a higher energy and belief system, 
I'm thinking clergy here, it is free for the patient. Belief systems are usually provided free, or at least should be. And to point out with no little irony, quote, a Catholic who puts his trust in Reiki would be operating in the realm of superstition, the no man's land of neither faith nor science. And that's from the Catholic Church. I have this semi-paternalistic idea that healthcare providers and institutions are not supposed to offer worthless and imaginary therapies to ill people for money. We have a higher standard to follow. Well, we did. Past tense. I cannot find much on the medical ethics of offering worthless alternative therapies by healthcare providers, universities, hospitals, and other institutions. Kimball Atwood has discussed the issue on science-based medicine, but most of the references speak to scam issues that surround the patient-physician relationship, how to respond to a patient who desires scam. I can find nothing in the medical literature on the ethics of offering Reiki, homeopathy, or other fantasies. The day of the private practice doctor is on the wane, and most of us work for, or will work for, large institutions. I can find nothing on the PubMeds, on ethics of institutionalizing magical therapies, except, of course, at Hogwarts. Offering Reiki may not be legal fraud, although given the right set of circumstances, evidently it can be, but it is not right. Evidently, the ethical standards and integrity are not important to the major medical institutions in the United States. And energy therapies do not even make the patient feel better, as is often thought. As a recent study on energy healing showed, quote, Whereas it is generally assumed that CAMs such as healing have beneficial effects on well-being, our results indicated no overall effectiveness of energy healing on quality of life, depressive symptoms, mood, and sleep quality in colorectal cancer patients. Effectiveness of healing on well-being was, however, related to factors such as self-selection and positive attitude toward the treatment, end of quote. Similar to acupuncture, and probably all of SCAM, energy therapies have effects on subjective outcomes only when the patients think it will be effective. I usually refer to these interventions as beer goggles. They are also self-fulfilling wishful thinking. If you want a litmus test to see if your local medical institution may not be particularly concerned with reality and that their board of directors is not paying much attention to quality, and the institution prefers money and magic over reality, see if they offer Reiki, or acupuncture, or reflexology, or craniosacral therapy, or has a naturopath on staff who provides homeopathic nostrums. As I think about it, it would probably be harder to find a large hospital that doesn't offer at least one of these pseudo-medicines. I will finish with the following quote, which is from The Ethics of Alternative Medicine, an alternative standard. Quote, When we offer alternative treatments, we advise our patients, treat them, and then cash their checks. We respond to a demand in the marketplace, hoping to help patients and then profit from it. We might help our patient, but there is no proven benefit to the treatment we offer. We assume we will not hurt them, but the safety of what we do is not really proven to today's randomized controlled standards either. 
Aren't we more like snake oil salesmen when we pitch alternative medicine to our patients? To be sure, we have much to gain by embracing change in medicine. Other cultures and non-Western medical traditions have much to teach those of us who are open-minded enough to listen. The list of traditional medical advances that have grown out of their alternative avenues is long and important. Not really. In this environment, it is more crucial than ever not to lose sight of our responsibilities. Patients come to us for help in filtering. They trust that our traditions of integrity and scientific inquiry will help us to help them navigate a bewildering array of health care offerings. They could go to a herbalist or an acupuncturist or a massage therapist for alternative treatments alone. Instead, some of them visit us for a scientific seal of approval. We must respond to our patients' trust with integrity. Let's do more soul-searching before we advise patients about untested therapies. Let's make sure we are not administering acupuncture needles or ginkgo to patients just because the market demands they are. We must insist that clinical trials test alternative approaches before we embrace them. We would not place our patients on methotrexate before learning it was safe and effective. Let's not give them magnetic treatments without the same standards. That's not alternative medicine or even traditional medicine. It's just good medicine. End of quote. To judge from the number of institutions that are offering pseudomedicines because of market demands, I would just say that Sisyphus had it easy. And that's the end of the 144th QuackCast. Don't forget to go to edgydoc.com, my website, for links to my growing multimedia empire. Of course, go to iTunes, which somehow erased all my prior reviews and write glowing comments about me. And finally, if you're bored, wander on over to the Society for Science-Based Medicine, sfsbm.org, and see the organization that we're trying to grow. Talk to you next time. Bye.